This is a really unique business model in terms of mental health, and that's partly where we're really effective, is we're very unorthodox. While we have the clinical credentialing, we can take a pretty unique approach and pull in different modalities. Prayer, meditation time, you know, asking for the guidance, the inspiration, the protection that, you know, lays out my day for me, and that I'm also receptive to that and in kind of in dance with it. Simple practices like the breath work is like, it's literally in the palm of our hand anytime we need it. We literally just have to exhale longer. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to Acting My Age. So fucking glad you're here. Just a few things I wanted to pop in and say, if you like this podcast and you want to support it and support me, one thing that you can do is leave a positive review on the iTunes page. Reviews. And positive reviews help the podcast get noticed and spread around and will allow more people to listen to it. And that would be so fucking sick. So thank you guys so much. If you feel called to leave a review, I would absolutely appreciate it. And yeah, let's get into the episode. Oh, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the pod. I have another incredible guest on today, another one of my fit for service fam, Ellie, who is just this shining, <laughs> shining light um, that I was lucky enough to connect with um, at the summit. She is multifaceted. She's a therapist. She helps so many people, and she's also like total mystic, total channel works with a lot of energy and downloads and she's a yoga teacher also like there's just so much that she is offering this planet and she's a mom ah I'm so inspired by her so I am so excited for you guys to hear this episode we just chat about all of the things that make her her and her life and it was really lovely to hear she's just like this I feel like yellowy sunshine light energy <laughs> um and i'm very grateful to know her so um enjoy and if you want to find her i realize i forgot to um plug her at the end of this episode which i absolutely want you guys to be able to find her if you're interested in connecting um her instagram is at l holbrook e-l-h-o-l-b-r-o-o-k and her um counseling group is called sojourn sojourn counseling group s-o-j-o-u-r-n counseling group on instagram or sojourn counseling group.com if you guys are interested she has so much to offer also her personal website is elliholbrook.net e-l-l-i-e-h-o-l-b-r-o-o-k.net and she has coaching there counseling um, and metaphysical services so oh so much good stuff Thank you, Ellie, for coming on, and thank you, beautiful people, for tuning in this episode. Let's get into it. Hello, Ellie. Welcome officially to the pod. <laughs> Hi, Virginie. Thanks for having me. I am so I'm so excited. Um, this connection that we formed during the summit just felt very like just fluid and very very comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm just so grateful that you're in my life now. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. And you're right that, um, the bond via, you know, the, it was almost instant, you know, I mean, even with our whole, um, our whole tribe, that was just a like special instantaneous experience that we all had. Yeah. Oh, so magical. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I, and, and the fun part about this too, is like, I know a little bit about your story, but not that much. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of excited to just dive in like in real time in the podcast and learn everything. Cause I know you have a magical and unique story. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. Happy to chat about it. Yeah. So let's see, where should we start? I guess, um, what does your life look like now? Like, what do you do during the day? What do you do for work and hobbies and all the fun things. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I live in Reno, Nevada. Um, I've been in Reno for about five years. I moved here in the summer of 2016, um, where I came from 
Minnesota. I'm from mm-hmm. small town, Minnesota. And so I moved really just for kind of a life change. Um, the West coast has been calling me, well, not that I'm West coast compared to a lot of people, but <laughs> compared to Minnesota, you know, had, had felt the, yeah. the pull to travel West. And so landed here. And then, um, I actually moved outside of Reno. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the area, but about mm-hmm. 40 minutes outside of Reno proper, um, in an area called Palomino Valley, which like for mm. burning, burning man people are familiar with that because it's kind of close to like the Black Rock Uh, Desert and that whole like vortex of energy. So mm. my fiance and I built or bought a a property um, with acreage and a ranch and yeah, and we're blending it. Oh my gosh. We do. Yeah. Thank you. We have 42 acres and a (gasps) barn and horses. What? I didn't know that. Oh my God. That's so amazing. Yeah. Thank you. It's something that I've always wanted. I grew up with horses when I was young and, Mm. you know, not that I ever really outgrew them, but life, you know, gets busy and full when you're a teenager and, um, into young adulthood. And so the horses, um, we ended up, you know, finding other homes for them and life took me elsewhere, but I've always had that pull towards like, not only the equestrian life, but horses, themselves the horse medicine the Mm. equine medicine and so now that I've had that like time and space and resources in my own life that was what one of the things that I got into with COVID again was like reintroducing my children to horses um volunteering and doing some like you know volunteer efforts and then purchase two um last fall and so now we're kind of migrating them out to a new property where I will also plan to do equine assisted coaching and equine assisted therapy oh my gosh right and kind of pulling in the arts and just different Mm -hmm. experiential therapies working with like not only um, that experience that can be clinically healing, but also, and I think most potently, like metaphysically healing, like to mm-hmm. the spirit, you know, bringing in like the power and the the grace that is equine medicine. So I'm really excited to kind wow. of dabble in that. Yeah. That's so, that's so cool. And I don't know yeah. much about it. Like I've never really looked into it, but I know mm-hmm. how I feel around horses and I know mm-hmm. that they're so, so healing. And I'm not surprised at all that there is just a whole avenue of healing, um, when you're around horses. You're right. And with horses too, you know, they're so powerful and they're so big and they're so like, they can be very intimidating, understandably. Mm -hmm. So because we are small compared to them and, Mm -hmm. um, and with the, the healing modality, you know, like traditionally horses can be used for like occupational therapy, rehab therapy, you know, different things like that for people that might have limited motor skills. Um, but then also it's been utilized more and more in like the metaphysical communities of assisted coaching and things like that to really benefit from what you said, like even just being in their radius, um, mm-hmm. their um, magnetic field of their heart extends 50 feet outward from their body. Wow. So, uh, you know, in the full circumference. So when we are, so um, cool. I'm sorry, the, yeah, the full radius. So when we're in that bubble, that's partly why we feel mm-hmm. that power and that grace and that like strength, but also that, that gentle love, yeah. um, which is just healing in and of itself. And then working with them and like, you know, doing, doing that type of like hands-on oh is I'm really excited about it. How amazing. So that will be a new part of your practice then? Yes. Yep. Yep. Right now. Um, so I have both a therapy kind of my business has two, I guess, sides to, Mm -hmm. you know, the Venn diagram. And there's a lot with coaching. I've been doing coaching for about 10, 11 years, you know, working from anything from like goal optimization to relationships to more metaphysical things that we can't necessarily pull into the clinical realm. Mm -hmm. And then I also have um, my therapy practice, which I see clients um, one-on-one. And then I also have 24 clinicians that are working under- Yeah. Within the business, Mm -hmm. um, between the States of Nevada and Minnesota. Oh my gosh. So yeah. So you're a, you're a businesswoman through and through. I am. Yeah. Thank you. It was kind of an accident. I, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I had, um, I've been practicing therapy in some capacity since about 2008 and I was on my own starting in 2015. And then when I moved to Reno, found myself in kind of this, like, um, I guess a little bit of a conundrum. Um, I had family in Minnesota that I had to go see often and I had family in and life in Nevada that was anchoring me there. So I was traveling back and forth quite a bit and felt like, I don't know how 
mm-hmm. I can sustain this. And a friend of mine um, had was looking for another career opportunity and asked if she could come work for me. And I was not at all set up for it. And so I was like, well, I don't know, but like mm-hmm. literally about a month prior, I've been praying for solutions of how am I going to make this work? And then she asked me and I just had that like, okay, yeah. this is how we're going to make it work. And so we've been working together since then. And it's just kind of expanded. This is a really unique business model in terms of mental health. And that's partly where we're really effective is we're very unorthodox. Um, while we have the clinical credentialing, we mm-hmm. can take a pretty unique approach and pull in different modalities such as like equine therapy or EMDR or hypnosis or yoga or sandbox or sand tray therapy um, to you know take a unique approach. And people are really responding well to that. And then practitioners want to do more of that because we're yeah. kind of tired of the the broken system. And so mm. I, it's a lot of learning as I'm going, <laughs> but we're, we've yeah. kind of found flow and, you know, the business scales itself a little bit. So then, you know, it'll, um, we'll, we'll adjust, but it's been, it's been really a blessing and a gift that I feel like, um, so happy and proud of, but very humbled by, because I recognize like the forces at play mm-hmm. are, um, yeah, they want this Not to necess- come through. <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. And I just, I feel like a vessel, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you're really, mm-hmm. that feels like that's the forefront of therapy, what therapy could be. Yes. And also like, I think having a therapist who's very also spiritual for me would be very important. Like I want, mm-hmm. I want that outlook too. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's beautiful just to have that offering Are mm-hmm. are so there's, different practices under the umbrella. Um, so are they all kind of similar or just, um, yeah. So my business name is called Sojourn Counseling Group. And so that would be like kind of the, the umbrella and I, um, and then I have many practitioners and different offices that operate under that, but they're technically like, I mean, in, I guess in tax purposes, like a 1099 contractor. So they're self-employed, but contracted with me. And so that allows them to be in business because working in mental health in private practice is quite expensive. Um, So now that I have it established, it's established, you know? And so the more that it kind of takes care of that hard part for them and allows them to work as they'd like to work as I take care of some of the like the boring stuff (laughs) Um, and the expensive stuff, you know? And Mm -hmm. so we're, it's, it's definitely mutually beneficial to both of us, but it allows them to, like you said, practice how they want to practice as independent contractors Mm -hmm. without someone, you know, managing their time, managing how they show up for work, managing how they treat their clients. Um, And we, we kind of handpick ourselves, you know, so we all have like a, a unique approach um, and wanting that freedom, but also, wanting to be a part of the change in the system too, of Mm -hmm. like, I believe that part of, and you've heard me say this, I believe that part of how we change a broken system is, you know, some of us need to rage against it and some of us need to infiltrate it and be Mm -hmm. a part of the shift within. And so that's kind of my, a part of my bigger purpose of like being able to participate in it differently and clients respond really well to it. You know, there's, there's definitely clients that are served better by a traditional approach, Mm -hmm. but there's many, many clients that are looking for that more human to human connection and a space for their spirituality to be brought in. And our, me as a therapist, I, that is my happy place too, to be able to pull in some of, you know, my own creative thought processes yeah. or metaphysical understanding and the, have the, having that melting pot and that feels most authentic for me too. So it's like, it's not only a gift for clients, but most definitely a gift for me. Wow. So amazing. So, so amazing. Yeah, Feels like you. that, that is just endless possibilities. Like really, I mean, bring in now bring yeah. in horses and mm-hmm. anything, like there's so many healing modalities that are not, not talked about, not utilized. Right. And just, they're just, they're part of the earth <laughs> already. Right. Right. You're right. You're absolutely right. And that is something that it's, you know, it's a, it's, it has such unlimited untapped potential in so many areas or, you know, for things like equine assisted, you know, it's out there, but it's not commonplace. It's hard. It's difficult to access. It's Mm. expensive for many people. And so while sometimes these resources are out there, people feel like, well, where, how do I find it? You know? And yeah, so it's, it's exciting to to be (laughs) mm -hmm, exactly. 
do you, okay. I feel like I'm going to butcher this official name, but <laughs> are you, um, learning or wanting to get into, or already doing, um, it's not like, is it psychedelic assisted therapy or what is it officially called? <laughs> yep. yep. Psychedelic assisted therapy is typically what we call it in the industry. And right now, um, where I, where I do have involvement and still, I mean, there's, it, it's such a new part of our industry. So, mm -hmm. you know, some people are definitely experts so far. I am most definitely not an expert, but, um, you know, have, have a little bit of experience, definitely like pursuing more education on it, um, just to more fully understand how we can bring it in, but then also just you know, my own, my own, just better understanding. And so right now I have some partnerships with clinics that are doing ketamine assisted therapy. Mm -hmm. And, um, what we do in partnership is, you know, there's someone, um, a, typically a MD or a DO that can do the prescribing of the ketamine because that, that is where it's legal mm -hmm. is with, you know, like, an, cause it's an anesthesia is how it's used. Yeah. Um, and then, but in certain doses, um, that, so they'll administer and then, um, connect that client with me or someone else in my agency to integrate and process mm, whatever okay. it was that came up in session. And, and sometimes too, even if there wasn't much that they want to like process or integrate, um, to also just make sure, you know, kind of checks and balances that like, that you're okay, you know, that those sessions mm -hmm. can be so intense and so much can come up out of the woodwork and cans of worms can be opened. And sometimes that is exactly the medicine that was needed. And people mm -hmm. have the tools and the resources to know what to do with that. But sometimes not, and we don't really know, you know, so yeah, having them don't know until you're to, there. <laughs> right. Right. And that's part of it. That's part of the medicine. Um, mm -hmm. and to then have, you know, someone else that is qualified to deal with like whatever it came up to make sure that they're supported, um, especially in those instances that it might open up something that was unexpected and therefore um, more overwhelming for that client to cope with like dissociation or trauma or, you know, certain things just to make yeah. sure, which I really support that approach and not everybody needs it, but I like that it's available. And so that's been my hand in it so far um, on the, the more medical clinical approach. And then I also have partnership with um, a couple different agency, well, not agencies, that's not the right word, um, shamans and healers and other people that are doing more plant-based medicine and kind of that same thing, you know, that they'll hold ceremony, but also make sure that their clients have access to other resources if they need additional support. Um, and so I'm doing quite a bit of that, which is really fun work to just see, like, you know, we just dive yeah. into the subconscious and we yeah. just see, you know, <laughs> what, what, how do we make sense of this and how do we integrate this moving forward and things like that. Yeah. Which is so powerful. And it's so important and amazing that you have that role because, mm -hmm. you know, it can be, it can be very scary. I think without that support afterwards and just like right. having, a client or someone having the reverence to go into the medicine with the intention, right. like, I don't know what's going to come up. I need to make sure I'm taking this seriously and having the support at the end because you just don't know. Right. And, and that's like right. the way to get the most healing out of it, probably mm -hmm. having the right. support. And that's, I think, partly how we um, surrender more deeply into it, because like you said, going into ceremony or um, a session at a clinic, if you're doing it, you know, medically administered, that there is that, that unknown of like, this might be a very euphoric experience. This mm -hmm. might be terrifying. I might like, quote unquote, lose control. And that's scary because yeah. we don't really know, well, how will I regain control? And mm -hmm. what, you know, what do I do with what comes up? And so I think when we kind of know that there's a safety net, so to speak of like, mm -hmm. you know, Your a health. therapist to talk. Yeah, exactly. Like someone sitting in ceremony, anchoring that a doctor, if it's medically administered, that can walk you through what happened, a therapist that you can process. And I think we, we more fully surrender because we know, like you said, we're being held. There's a, there's that, that trust fall is kind of happening of, you know, yeah. being supported. Wow. Oh, so amazing. I love just mm -hmm. hearing about, especially through fit for service, just being exposed yeah. to so many people who are helping and bringing this unique medicine in so yeah. many different ways. Like there is no one way to right. bring the light. Like there's so many different right. ways and yeah. you're definitely doing a powerful, 
powerful job. <laughs> ah, thank you. Thank you. There's so much richness and um, such a wealth of information and healers and practitioners and, you know, even in fit for service and um, that that was really unique. I think to go into that and hear people's like mm-hmm. th- just their brilliance, you know, yeah, and that, like, that level of genius that they have surrounding these and like, how are you doing it? And like, just, yeah, we we're lucky that we get that exposure. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So how, so you have a partner, you have a fiance. I wasn't sure if he was, if you guys were already married or, mm-hmm. um, is he the dad of your kids or that's not, I know you have two nope. kids, right? Yep. I have two kids and two dads actually. Um, so my son who is going to be 19 next week, he, wow. I know. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. He, Next week. Right. I, yeah. I had him when I was 18. Um, wow. Right. I know he started college and it's just this like such a um, surreal experience for me at times when he goes through some of these milestones because in particular, um, I, so I was 18 when I had him. I was a, mm-hmm. a senior in high school when I got pregnant with him and not at all mm-hmm that wasn't part of my plan. Um, I, I believe now it was part of the divine plan and it was also mm-hmm. like a divine course correction for the, the direction I was heading. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, so of course the plans that I had in high school and after changed because I found out I was pregnant with him, chose to have him and raise him. And, um, so then my life was, you know, completely completely different than what it had been and what it was, what I had thought it was going to be. And so he, um, will be 19 and it's really kind of, um, trippy to like, look Mm -hmm. at where he was at. Like when I was, his high school graduation was last spring. And so I'm like walking him down the stage at the same time that I'm like, I walked down that same stage when I was pregnant with you. And it's just such this, like, yeah, yeah. And he's just such a, we just have a really unique bond. And so he is, um, yeah, he's 19. He just started his freshman year in college and his dad, um, we, so it was just circumstantial, frankly, like I, we weren't really in a much of a relationship. It had, mm-hmm. you know, friendship and, um, similar lifestyles, which is what kind of led to, um, us getting pregnant with him and then, um, having him raising him, like, co-parenting together, you know, Mm -hmm. so his dad, Ian has been fortunate to always have his dad involved in his life. And we definitely had growing pains. You know, I was 19, I was, yeah, almost 19 when I had Ian and his dad was 22. So we were babies and Mm -hmm. not, you know, and so definitely growing pains, but also like fortunate enough to have like the circumstances that it was and also to have, it, it, it really was. And, um, and then we also had a lot of family support too. You know, my parents were supportive, um, you know, definitely disruptive to our family system and figuring out some of those things, but yet like all in all very unconditional in their support mm-hmm. as was um, his dad's parents. And so we were lucky also wow, to like, yeah. ha- I mean, we, we did the work, but we had the safety net there too, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. the support. Yeah. Yeah. And then my daughter, she's 13 and she just turned, um, she just started eighth grade. So she's a little mm. middle schooler. Oh I know. Gosh. And she's just such an Oracle. Like she, both my kids should be in fit for service. And, yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> and my daughter, Ray definitely should have been in the water house. Oh, like I just, yeah, that's I her name. That R-A-E. Yeah. She's, she's, a, she's such an Oracle too. And, um, so her dad and I were married and um, we got married. We met, um, I was still really young. Ian was a baby. My, Ian, my son was a baby. And so we, he was always a part of his life too. And then we got married. Um, I think I was 23 and then had Ray shortly thereafter. And that was all in Minnesota. And then Derek and I definitely a karmic relationship. Um, mm-hmm. Derek is Ray's dad. Um, mm-hmm. Karmic relationship, you know, there's definitely purpose and reason to our union. And then mm-hmm. I think when the contract was up, it was time to part ways. And mm-hmm. so still co-parenting, still involvement, um, and, you know, best case scenario kind of situation. And wow. so he's still, he resides in um, Minnesota still. And so Ray goes back and forth between the two homes and has wow. that, but yeah. You're a freaking yeah, but- powerhouse. Oh my gosh. <laughs> thank you. That's so thank amazing. You. I always yeah, just really admire hearing 
mama's stories and like how it happens. Cause there's just mm. so many ways and it's always so beautiful. I feel like no matter what the story is, it's so, so beautiful. And like Jade right. was just here visiting and she, her son's oh. 18. Um, okay. and yeah, similar, not similar story, but young, young with an 18 year old. And yeah. it's just so cool to hear about it. And I'm just so, so impressed. Like mm-hmm. also I feel like something that I, I always wonder is how, how is that pull between like, you know, cause you're a mom and you want to nurture and give and give. And then, but also you're so committed to doing the inner work and you have a thriving mm-hmm. business and so much going on personally. Like, how does that feel choosing yourself in times? Mm-hmm. I just wonder about that. Yeah, you are absolutely right. You know, when I, when I was pregnant with Ian, um, it was so prior to being pregnant with Ian, I had kind of struggled with some mental health and like addiction type things in my teen years. And so Mm -hmm. I had my first introduction into therapy when I was like 15, 16 and really established with, um, a therapist that I've really benefited from. And so prior to getting pregnant with Ian, I already had that like commitment to self and that process and definitely, definitely more work to do, obviously, but he had like, you know, knew, knew the value of it and experienced, wow. um, and a super young ex- age. right. And so that was something too, that when I had Ian was also like, okay, I extra need this now. I extra need this support. Mm-hmm. And having that from her was really crucial. I think because, um, like you said, there's that like as, as mothers and as women and being so multidimensional as human beings that we are, and especially when we're young and we're trying to establish, um, motherhood is such an initiation process for women in so many ways. And when we have that very young initiation as teenagers, we're straddling so many different worlds at once. And it feels really difficult to like uphold and manage all of those energies, you know? And so having that support from my parents was really important because it did allow me to do Mm. a little bit more that I was like, you know, Ian raising him was my number one, but then I was also able to go to school and work, um, in, you know, kind of in different, you know, had that arranged in different ways over time, depending on what was, you know, phase of life, but my parents were always supportive and having, you know, uh, a baby daddy that was also, you know, Mm -hmm. around was, was able Mm -hmm. to alleviate me from some of that Right. And so, um, that was, that was important. And then also, I think as you're asking that question too, like the initiation of motherhood, no matter how many times we do it or how motherhood shows up in our life, cause it's not always, you know, literally pregnant in childbirth, but in my experience, you know, that initiation, there's so much inner work that happens even then, mm-hmm. you know, when I think of mm-hmm. like my pregnancy with Ian, while it was such a, um, scary time and a tumultuous time because I was so young I I have some of these memories of it being so peaceful like in my in my silent yeah in my silence Mm -hmm. with him of also just this knowing uh, that it was like like what I was supposed to be doing you know I never really questioned it even though yeah even though I didn't really welcome it (laughs) and definitely didn't plan Mm -hmm. it once it was decided it was like this is what it is and so I think there was just such a um a connection with the divine of like, mm-hmm. you know, like this is right. And I'm giving you that surety. And, you know, so having that process of like, wow. de- of development and self-care and then, um, yeah, a lot of trial and error in the early years with business and trying to decide what do I want to do and having to adjust my pace because I couldn't just like, you know, pound out school, pound out grad school. Yeah. I had to go a little bit, you know, I had to go a little bit slower. Um, and then some of it too, was this idea of, um, like even building my business, like that was part of the motivator to go out on private practice mm-hmm. was because it, it's more lucrative and I had control yeah. over my schedule and I had control over if I was going to travel back and forth for family or, you know, I didn't have to ask permission to leave work to get a child because after a while it was just me and my children without there's, there's, there's been a time that I didn't have additional support mm-hmm. because I was in Nevada by myself. Um, wow. so yeah. I need, I needed that control and I needed that, um, that sovereignty over our life in that way, rather than giving it away to someone else. And so that was also a motivator of like, there's no option not to after a point, you know, like as, um, 
I think it's um, Yogi Bajan says, if you can, you must that like, <laughs> there's this thing, like I have to like, yeah, you know, and it's like, so I think interesting when that happens, like it's mm-hmm. like the edge. And then once you're past edge, it's like, I, there's no other choice. I have to, I have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The edge just got bumped back a little bit, I guess, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> or we kind of like break through the, these perceptions of upper limits and glass mm-hmm. ceilings. And we're like, Oh, whoa. Like, <laughs> I guess I can keep going, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Is that, has that changed? I'm sure it's changed. How has it changed? I guess now that you, your kids are older and Mm -hmm. your life is looking a little different now, like, is it, do you still struggle between sometimes like prioritizing yourself or having a hard time even, I don't know. Like to me, when I say that Mm -hmm. prioritizing myself, that sounds weird. If I were to have a kid. I don't know. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. I, um, yeah, you know, when I was younger, um, and, and a a brand new mom to Ian and then Ray, Mm -hmm. um, it, it it felt like the self, how do I put this? Things were just so, it felt like it was moving so fast Mm -hmm. and it was such a, like a time of like, almost like scrambling to establish, you know what I mean? Cause I was Mm, just out of high school and then like making decisions and not like just not having my feet firmly on the ground. Cause that's kind of where we are in our, in that phase of mm-hmm. life, you know? Um, and so certain things, that, like I had said with therapy, like I knew to prioritize that because that was such a important part of my support system mm-hmm. that definitely had a direct impact on my ability to be a present mom. But when I look back at that time, it seems almost surreal of like, how did I do that? How did I maintain all of that? How did I, um, and maybe that like surreal floaty feeling was, is what allowed me to do that, frankly, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then divine, but I also, right. But I also prioritized myself differently than I do now. So for example, I knew that college for me, because I knew that I wanted to go to school for counseling and the college is a necessary component of that, mm-hmm. um, that that was a priority of like, I have to, I have to prioritize school. I have to stay mm-hmm. in school. Um, and how, but how I do that. So it's not like being, um, what is the saying, you know, being strict with your goals, but flexible with your methods kind of, you know, mm-hmm. so it was like, I, I will, <laughs> I, like I will that. finish school, but how I go about that is different. And, um, so that was a way that I prioritized myself too. And then I think, um, but now, you know, fast forwarding now that I think has gotten a little bit easier. My life feels more spacious because mm-hmm. some of those things are more established and I have the resources that I didn't have back then. And so that's part of like what supports, you know, the pillars that kind of uphold our life are stronger and more established and more firmly founded as, and, and same thing with like my level of maturity and I'm, I'm older and mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've done this. My kids are older and they're, yeah. <laughs> it's gotten a little bit easier and a little bit more spacious. So that, and then that commitment to self, um, has transformed, you know, how I do that, whether that's like signing up for a mastermind, like fit for service or, you know, Mm. even in the day-to-day of like, I need this time for myself to recharge so that I can transition from, you know, a a full work day that I'm giving a lot of output, um, but I need to transition so that I can also be available at home. And one of the Mm. things that I had read years ago by Carl Jung actually was, um, there's no more, there's nothing more detrimental to a child than the unlived life of a parent. And uh, right. Right. And that always like really hit hard when I read that of like, yeah, like what is best for me is best for my children and what I want. Mm -hmm. And that commitment to me also includes what's best for them. So what I want will will never be like, it's equal priority. And Mm -hmm. so what I want for me will never be at the detriment of my children. And so whether it indirectly affects them in a positive way or it's direct, you know, but yeah, like, because it's like, they're one in the same almost, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's just, again, Mm -hmm. like, how do I manage that? You know, a little bit of energetic logistics, I call it of like, how do I, (laughs) I how do I do both? You know, that's, that's a magic thing that I say a lot. Like, how can we do both? How can I, you know, prioritize Mm, myself and prioritize (laughs) I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to start saying that. That's Mm -hmm. wow. That's really cool to hear that because I'm definitely stepping in, like as I'm doing these goddess circles now and like each week I'm leading 
group calls with like almost 30 women and I'm doing starting to step into like one-on-one um calls and then also the in-person circles and it's just it's a whole new line of work that I love like I'm it feels so 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 good which is so exciting Mm -hmm. to have that and I'm like super energized while it's happening like totally in flow tapped in like feel like such a channel and then really energetic for like half an hour after and then after that I'm like oh like super tired and my sleep's been off and there's all these and it's so interesting like I'm not outputting any more physical energy, but the, the spiritual energy and the mental, it's not even mental. It's like, yeah, spiritual energy is, is definitely going out. So it's been interesting to like, kind of feel into navigate that. Right. Right. And what, and I think too, that like, you know, that like exhaustion that we feel after that, which is still like really satisfying, you know, of that, like, like, oh, that was good. Kind of. (laughs) Um, but you know, in that, in that process, you know, like as we, as we work with clients' energies, we're working with our own, you know, it's kind of one and the same. And so as you are, you know, facilitating, you're still doing a lot of up-leveling and upgrading and whatnot yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. cleansing, purging, upgrading um, in very quick, real time, you know, and so that is really exhausting. And that, that might also be how you then process and integrate is just like, I'm wiped out, I'm tired, I need this time to restore. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, yeah, on ramp back into for a second. <laughs> right, yeah. right. That's nice mm-hmm. to hear. Like when you said my life feels more spacious now, that was nice mm-hmm. here because I'm like, ah, okay. Because <laughs> I've yeah. always, um, because I've been married for two years, well, three years officially mm-hmm. now, and been with my husband for eight years, a little over eight years. Wow. And I always yeah. thought like we would ha- start having kids this year. Like that was kind of the plan. We were going to buy a property, like a bunch of acreage and get a, have a mm-hmm. farm and settle down and start having kids. Cause a couple of our close friends are going to start having kids this year. And that was always a plan for like so many years. And then now that I have this new, this new path that I'm so excited about, I'm like, no, actually I want to wait. Like I want to focus on this. Like, I just want to give it my all for a while. Um, mm-hmm. but, and I, I still see that vision very clearly of doing both, (laughs) having the kids Mm -hmm. doing both. So I'm like, okay, that's nice to hear. Like it's more, Mm -hmm. it becomes more and more spacious, which makes sense. Like as you go inward more, you can cultivate that inner space. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, with our businesses too, there's, um, you know, with anything, that building phase, which sometimes is so much more labor for us, you know, in terms of like the work and emotionally laborious. And there's just a lot more like heavy lifting that happens at that time. Um, and so, you know, as you're reestablishing this, this part of the journey, um, that, you know, when babies come around, you'll probably feel like, well, that, that has since found flow and I don't have to like, I don't have to manage it so much. I just like tap in and I, you know, it's like getting into the river and getting out to the river (laughs) and the river is always flowing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but then also that with, Right. And then with children, um, I think we just, we, our prioritization becomes more clear that of course they're the priority. And, um, and then when they're really little, you know, they, they dominate our time and our lives, (laughs) but yet we also, um, so then you'll know, like, I I want to keep this because I love this, or this is what Mm -hmm. supports us more. And so we need to keep this. Um, and then it just kind of works itself out, you know, and there's a lot Mm -hmm. of like, it's a very fluid process. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be like one or the other. Yeah. Um, yeah. Both. Like yeah. you said, <laughs> do both. Yeah, we get to do both. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. That makes sense. Also just the clarity that I would imagine that brings like, this is the new focus. So everything else mm-hmm. probably becomes more clear as it's. Mm-hmm. And that focus to that clarity, I think, um, with our, with all things, but also in particular, like our businesses and that transformation over time, um, once we've kind of established it, there's kind of that, like with what you're doing with the women's circle is there's that flow of sustenance where when we're doing things that kind of suck our soul, it's more of maintenance. You know, we output, we output, we output, and there's not so much input from it, but when we're like sustaining our business and our business sustains us, there's kind of that like infinity of like, I Mm -hmm. I both give and receive from the business and it, it flows into me instead of me only flowing into it. And we are not like, I think there's this kind of um, 
switch that happens that rather than looking at ourselves as the life force of the business, this flow coming through us, do you know what I mean? Mm, and not yeah. like it's, it's coming through us, not from us, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like we yeah, have all absolutely. of that energy to channel, which might also be fun for you to play with, with the, the women's circle of like, cause you are channeling, you are a conduit, mm-hmm. but also remembering like, is this also taking parts of me or, you know, just kind of playing with that intention to see what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. is so cool to see like, yeah, just how much I get filled up from like a really beautiful one-on-one call. I'm like, oh my God, this is infinite. Like mm-hmm. I can do this forever. This is so awesome, right. <laughs> which is so fun mm-hmm. to have that. Like, yeah, have that coming into my life. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Heard about America's number one meal kit? Yep, you guessed it. It's HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get oh so fresh, pre measured ingredients and mouth watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. HelloFresh is actually 30% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store. Plus, you skip the checkout lines. Even better, over 90% of the ingredients are sourced directly from farmers to ensure only the freshest produce and proteins are delivered right to your door. So, go to HelloFresh.com slash ActingMyAge14 and use the code ActingMyAge14 for up to 14 free meals, (laughs) including free shipping. So, that is HelloFresh.com slash ActingMyAge14 using the code ActingMyAge14 to get those 14 free meals and the free shipping. Okay. Thanks, HelloFresh. Do you have practices that you do like to kind of cleanse your energy? Because I know certain like everyone seems to have a different idea of what to do. Like some people are very, um, like in the morning, put a, you know, bubble of white light over you or like when you're in the shower, like wash off the energy. I don't know. So is there anything that you like to do? Yeah. Great question. You know, and that's, that's changed over time too. I think most, most presently, um, in the morning, like to like part of setting intention and meditation is, you know, like drop even just like 10 minutes of meditation and it doesn't happen every morning, but that's, usually my intention for every every morning, you know, of just kind of dropping in, finding silence, connecting to source. Um, And in that prayer meditation time, you know, asking for um, the guidance, the inspiration, the protection that, you know, lays out my day for me and that Mm -hmm. I'm also receptive to that and in kind of in dance with it. Um, And with that, even just like white light, white lighting everything as like, you know, so that no harm can come to me or from me and no harm can Mm -hmm. come to or from the people that I encounter and extending that out to, you know, my family and my loved ones. And that's like a simple and quick practice that I always feel really connected to. Um, And interestingly, not all that long ago, I was going into just like a meditation just to kind of reboot from the day. And I started kind of reciting that same thing and was kind of interrupted that I don't need to ask for that in order to receive it. It's inherent. And Uh, mm -hmm. right. And I loved that because it it kind of, and I kind of like chuckled at it, like, well then, okay, (laughs) you know, like, all right, well, I, what do I do then? You know? And it was just that, like, just remember that I'm protected and that gratitude, having gratitude for it, just like with my children, my children don't have to ask me to meet their needs that day. Like I just do. And so our, you know, that, um, unity conscious, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that unity consciousness, we're reminded that like that's inherent. And so that's been helpful. Um, wow, that's beautiful. I like that. mm -hmm, Yeah. And then, and then that also opens me up to like, being available to connect with other things instead of focusing on the safety. It's like the difference between surviving and thriving. Like, okay, my survival is implied and inherent. Mm-hmm. So now I can go into more expansive 
thought and you know, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. cleansing. Yeah. That's one that I find, um, I do a physical asana practice almost every day, like yoga practice, um, mm-hmm. most evenings. Cause that's kind of what helps me decompress shed energy. And, you know, with that breath work, um, usually heated like a flow or a vinyasa or an ashtanga, um, practice that kind of lets me like detox sweat be yeah. in my body because as therapists we're in our head a lot because it's yeah. very, there's a lot of cognition. There's a lot of thinking and intellect and downloads and intuition and heart space stuff. Um, so I find that I have that propensity to like go up into like the higher chakras or those higher spaces. Mm-hmm. And so yoga will help me like bring it back down to earth. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's a really important part of my day. And not that it has to be like a long or intense practice, but just embodying myself, embodying my body, having some silence um, that helps me, I think both ground and shed and cleanse and then kind of check back in like, okay, what, you know, where are we at here? You know, it's like a a personal (laughs) check-in. I've been connecting more and more to even just stillness, like, you know, having like, I have an appointment tomorrow for a deprivation float tank and I need a float. I've been curious about those. (laughs) If you have an opportunity, um, a friend of mine owns a facility. And so I'm, my partner and I are going for 90 minutes tomorrow morning for the full moon to just like, just be. And yeah. And so there's just kind of that, like, it's like osmosis almost, (laughs) it just like Mm -hmm. pulls things out, but yet it's, for me, it's passive. I just get to like enjoy and lay there and that, um, I, I do so much doing. So it's that, and we all do, you know, that's part of our, part of our society right now is that there's Mm -hmm. so much, Mm -hmm. so much activity and doing and yang energy. And so being more intentional about the yin energy is really helpful for my shedding process. And then like expanding my aura again, rather than like buzzing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's helpful. That's super helpful. I've been curious about that definitely. And I've been feeling like I want to get into a yin type of yoga practice. Cause I've never had a yeah. yoga practice. I've mm-hmm. done like, I know a few poses that feel really nice that I sometimes mm-hmm. randomly do, but I don't have a practice. And mm-hmm. I think that would be nice, especially with, um, I'm not going to like local gyms really anymore. So I would like to have a thing I could do at home that just, cause right now I, I like dance, which is so fun, but, yeah. um, the, the grounding aspect with the breath work, I think could be really nice. You, do you incorporate yoga, like in your practice too? Like, do you teach yoga? Yeah, I do. Um, I do. I have a, a yoga teacher certificate at the 500 hour level. So there's like a 200 hour, 500 hour level. I'm at 500 hour and I used to teach teachers. Um, mm-hmm. And I've since kind of moved away from that just because of, again, energetic logistics. Um, <laughs> one of the, yeah, one of the um, spaces that I had in Minnesota. And then when I first moved to Reno included a very small yoga studio. And so I taught mm-hmm. about 10 classes a week. I did a lot of private sessions. And so whether it was with therapy or with coaching, I would, for the clients that requested it, we could in- include some movement, some somatic movement and mm-hmm. breath work. Um, and sometimes somatic movement was just like laying on the ground, you know, and like yeah. grounding and being in the body differently. Um, and I haven't had the opportunity to do that as much just because I don't have that space available to me any longer. So while we might not be doing it in real time, it is still something that I'll absolutely recommend to clients to um, incorporate into their life and maybe give some recommendations of certain types of classes or types of breathing exercises or pranayama, as we call it in yoga. Um, to, to be embodied and so much of integration and trauma work is somatic therapy, you know, like tapping into our body and, um, how that houses our energy systems and our traumas and the somatics, the nervous system, you know, things like that. So kind of teaching clients to do that, even if I can't do it in real time, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's Mm. so cool. That that's part of your practice and what you offer, because Mm -hmm. it's like, more and more becoming super clear that everything is in the body. Like it, it all, everything's energy. And yeah, that's so cool that you are offering Mm -hmm. that. Like what a cool, what a cool thing to offer the world. So so yeah, thank you. It's really, yeah. It's really fascinating to me to, you know, when we look at like the physical body, you know, our Mm -hmm. like the third dimension, you know, essentially is like our physical body where it all happens. And there is that interesting paradox that like we can be so body obsessed 
And it can seem so counterintuitive to think that we're like not embodying our body because we're like, we're always, we always are, you know, yeah. <laughs> like we're, we're, we're located <laughs> we're here, here. But yeah, like, <laughs> right, but not present in it and not mm-hmm. aware of it and not conscious necessarily of, I mean, so much that happens is subconscious. And so, you know, learning about it and bringing the unconscious and the subconscious into consciousness is like, you know, that reconciliation essentially is like the magic and that can be really tricky to do on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be tricky to do as a, you know, to facilitate that because it's, it's a little bit of shooting from the hip, you know, to a certain degree. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any, um, like books or people or podcasts or anything that you would recommend, like for people who would want to learn more about that kind of connection? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Off the top of your head. Yeah. Right. Um, Dr. Joe Spenza is amazing. We've talked about him mm-hmm. in some of our, um, you know, fit for service and the, one of the, one of the books that is coming to mind first, and I don't remember exactly all the chapters on the body, but um, the Unbecoming Superhuman is, mm-hmm. I think that might be one of his newest books, excellent book of how to work, you know, use the conscious mind as kind of a flashlight into the subconscious, you know, of like, how do we explore that? How do we bring that to the surface? How do we work mm-hmm. with that? Um, and then, so he does talk a lot about like the frequencies of the body, the frequencies of the brain even is really powerful to think about like, we forget that like our brain is like a physical thing that has, you know, different areas doing different jobs. And not only that, that there's frequencies there and that we can work with that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the first book that comes to mind. Yeah. I I highly recommend him. He's very good. Um, I love listening to him speak. It's very Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. He's brilliant. He is. Mm -hmm. I would love to just meet him or, or I don't know, observe one of his, um, like workshops or something. I I can't even imagine Mm -hmm. (laughs) the energy in that room must be crazy. Yeah. He's one of my favorites. And, and I like to his approach. Um, he, he's so he's genius and, but he has such a brilliant way of like, um, delivering what is otherwise seemingly so complex, you know? So yeah, like, and so woo, like woo woo also, <laughs> but there's a science to it. Um, there's another book that I really like, and I'll have to look up that, um, I'll have to look up the author, but it's, it's almost like a work, like almost like a reference book. And it's just called the subtle energy body. Mm-hmm. And there's many chapters that go that just talk about the, the many different, pathways essentially to the same information of like working with our energy body um and kind of braiding it all together you know so Mm -hmm. they'll talk about like yoga or the chakra systems or um the the nadis of you know like in um certain breath work of working with like kundalini energy and that type of like tapping into that but then also our organs and you know there's a lot in that one I'll look up the author but that's probably one of my favorites too there's a the subtle energy body mm-hmm. as much as we can mm-hmm. do it as much as we can. It's right. Mm-hmm. Exciting. <laughs> right. Right. And even just the simple practice of like breath work and breath work can be more um, sophisticated, but it can also be very simple. And even starting with that, if someone doesn't have a pranayama practice, um, just, you know, being conscious of their breathing, um, inhaling for like, let's say three, exhaling for five, because when we exhale longer, we stimulate the nervous system to Mm deescalate. And from there, we have more awareness of like our thoughts and we are more, we're in more of a responsive state instead of reactive state. And then we can also check in like what's happening in my body right now. So even starting with that, and that can also cleanse, you know, to, to think of like exhaling as a kind of the exhaust valve, you know, to like get rid of toxins. And that's why breath work as well can be, can literally like purify the system. Mm, Yeah. The breath is Mm. so, so powerful. I remember, I think Mm -hmm. the first time I really thought about it was hearing one of Mm -hmm. Kyle's podcasts. I forget who he had on, or maybe it was Aubrey. I think it was Aubrey Mm -hmm. um, a while Mm -hmm. ago. And, and I heard that like, when you exhale out longer than when you inhale, it deescalates your nervous system, your body. And I was like, Oh my God. And I remember I was, when I was listening, I was really hyped up on caffeine. And he said in the podcast, an example, like, for instance, if you know, you drink too much coffee and you're feeling super jittery, <laughs> like you could do this breath to calm you back down. And I was like, that is exactly how I'm feeling right now. Like, and I, I just, feel seen. Yeah. yeah I'm like, wow. And I did it. And it just, it totally worked. Like there are so many tools that we have that are just inherent, but 
learning and like committing to committing to learn, like be a student. Right. Right. And that's right. And I think starting with simple practices, like the breath work is like, it's literally in the palm of our hand anytime we need it, Mm -hmm. you know, whether we're driving or at home or we're in public, you know, that like, if, if we're needing that, that Mm -hmm. de-escalation, we literally just have to exhale longer. And that of course we can, you know, we can make that more sophisticated. We could do that. You know, we, we can add to it, but just starting with that is so powerful and profound. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and yet, and so simple, you know, and I, I am a big advocate of even exploring our breath work, for example, in this state of consciousness to be a gateway into other states of consciousness, whether that's through plant medicine or mm-hmm. more um, in-depth practices like holotropic breath work that we can really access the mind still sober or, you know, without assistance and that we can access, you know, the depths of the mind experiences in the body, shared experiences with other people. And starting with breath is a really cool place to start. And it's very safe. It's very under control. Mm -hmm. Um, and so even too, as kind of bringing that full circle to plant medicine, you know, thinking like before we get into that, maybe we want to, you know, be in our body, be in our, you know, gain familiarity with that before we open it up even more to four and 5d consciousness. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's what, do you have a hard time sometimes, um, like blurring and dancing between the like therapist mystic line? Like, is there ever a time where you're like, Oh, like, I just would imagine both Mm -hmm. are in your mind at once. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that's, that's partly why, um, my practice as a therapist is such a gift to me mm-hmm. that I get to be more authentic in my expression of both. And yeah, my so clientele, cool. right. And my clientele for the most part is pretty handpicked, meaning like they've sought me out. We, we feel already that, you know, we have some similar outlooks. And so typically mm-hmm. they're very open um, to that. And sometimes too, but you know, with the bureaucracy and the politics of the medical industry, um, they say there isn't a lot of space for that, but there's, there's definitely ways to incorporate it and do it ethically and legally. It's just, you know, knowing the system as Buddha says, know the, know the rules so you can break them well. And there's (laughs) might be a little bit of that going on, you know, know the boundaries. We also know that like we have so much room to play as Mm -hmm. well. And so I've gotten to, um, you know, experiment with that, but then also sometimes too, there's a time, there's a time and place in certain sessions um, that I am just kind of like aware, like I'm changing hats right now, you know, like my clinician hat says this and my metaphysical hat will say this. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just make that clear. And sometimes as a, as a therapist, it isn't appropriate to pull that in, you know? So I just have to be aware of like, you know, my scope of practice. And because I have many scopes of practice, sometimes the lines are blurry and that's okay. And sometimes not. And so that's part of like my code of ethics and my, um, like my personal code of ethics, not just professionally speaking, but also to incompetency as a part of that. Yeah. I, I was just wondering like if in a session or something, I'm not exactly sure of what your like Mm -hmm. metaphysical practices are, but like, I don't know if you were getting a presence, like someone who had passed on or like, you're just trying mm-hmm. to help them with the situation that they're going through. And then it's like, Oh, hello, your grandmother's here. Like, mm-hmm. obviously you're not going to say that, but it's, <laughs> that's just what I was imagining. Right. Like it felt like a scene from a show right. or something, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And you know, you're right that there is some of that, you know, with the metaphysics. Um, so I had done about a two year training program with, um, metaphysics and kind of like dealing with the psyche on that level of my own, you know, my own practices Mm -hmm. of opening up channels and working with energies and clearing energies, whether that's, um, you know, I guess with my, the term that they use that not everybody resonates with is just my psychic abilities, which we all have. And so learning how to, access that, refine that, apply it, work with it. Um, and some of that is just like reading energies and some of it's clearing energies. Some of it's, um, yeah, it can be a little bit of mediumship of like who's coming through and knowing just how, how I receive that is a big Mm. part of that. You know, if if it drops in thought form, if I'm like more like hearing something, um, learning to, to notice, watch for it, validate it. Um, and, you know, sometimes with, with therapy clients, yeah, there's times that like how I bring it in is 
most important, like maybe I will say something about like, tell me about your grandma, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> not like mm-hmm. your grandma's here, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and sometimes not, sometimes clients just aren't receptive to that or it's not appropriate, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of reading the room. Um, but with more coaching clients and metaphysical work, we, we get more of that from me because there's space for it, you know, that the the boundaries are different. And that's really fun um, to also pull in, you know, if something's coming through that I can also have a working understanding of that. Well, what do we do about it now? You know, or Mm -hmm. what, what might the clinical perspective of that be or the implications of that moving forward, which is a lot of fun for me. Um, But yeah, it's, it can be, it'd be interesting too what Mm -hmm. will come through that I'm not really sure, like, why does this keep coming up? You know, and sometimes I'll just ask, like, I'm seeing purple flowers and then I just say it. And then the client will be like, oh, yeah, you know, and it's, it's really so meaningful magical. to them in a certain <laughs> way. And, and I don't necessarily know that unless I say something, which is really yeah, uh, cool experiences for me too. Building that trust muscle too with the, exactly right. Mm-hmm. With the seeing and the knowing. <laughs> yes, Ooh, exactly. So magical. Oh my gosh. So um, I'm a little curious about your like partner. How did you you meet and come together and just yeah, thank so you. Aligned. Name, <laughs> yeah, thank you. His name is Doug, and Doug and I met um, shortly after I moved to Reno. Um, he was teaching a yoga class, and I was like, I'd only been here for a couple months, and honestly, was looking for community. And mm-hmm. um, so I went to a yoga class, kind of knowing that like. I know I can find people in yoga. That's part of, that's, mm-hmm. that's my church. And so, mm-hmm. um, stumbled into his yoga class because actually he had been teaching a unique class at the time, um, that was called the eye opener and it was weekly and it was a 90 minute class of asana or the physical practice. And then a half hour discussion that was geared towards like yogic principles, but largely aligned with, um, recovery because we're both sober. And mm-hmm. so we, I just went to his class, stumbled upon it, really, um, enjoyed the class and then continued to go quite a bit. And actually at the time that we met, he was married. And so we, had kind of similar orbits, you know, of like, Mm -hmm. I had my life, he had his, we'd cross paths in yoga and that was about it. And then, Mm -hmm. um, through that kind of built some friendship and then he had, um, things just sort out in his life with his marriage and his family dynamic at the time. And so there's a a period of time that we just weren't in touch because of that. And I had my own things going on. Um, and then, you know, after a a hiatus, I guess we can call it, Mm -hmm. but, you know, we, we re, um, we're running into one another again via mm-hmm. that orbit, you know, and then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so we're able to kind of explore friendship and then that took us into an area of like deep intimacy and romance quite quickly. And so we started dating and then, um, and that was in 2018, the summer. So it's been yeah. about three years that we've been a little over three years that we've been in one another's lives in that way. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. And then we didn't, we were in, we got engaged last April, April 27th of 2021. So we haven't been engaged all that long. So Uh, are you planning a wedding or sitting with engagement for a while? (laughs) Yeah. You know, at first that was kind of what I had wanted to do was sit with engagement and just like let it marinate because life had been moving so quickly with so Mm -hmm. many things and um, us really kind of anchoring in. We, you know, he has, he also has two kids. I have the two kids. So Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, focusing on that foundation and blending families and then um, had originally thought that we would um, aim for November of this year, but then instead we bought a house and Mm -hmm. um, it has been such a project. And so I was like, can we just he yeah. would probably still be like yeah let's get married in November I'm like I let's wait <laughs> let's yeah. just you know because I also really want to I really want to enjoy that process not feel like yeah it's another thing that I have to tend to and so um yeah we've kind of bumped it back and I'm not sure if like I'm looking at maybe a little bit at next spring um but not oh not I certain. bet it's gonna be so beautiful I, yeah thank you I love your style and just I saw a photo of you too. And I was like, oh my God, so badass, like so cool. So oh, just like, oh, thank you. And, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank wow, you. So yeah. Cool. He's, um, and he's an artist as well. He is mm-hmm. a jeweler by trade. Um, yeah. we have some similar background. So beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, thank you. So he he also has a history in mental health. Um, as he has a master's degree, and so he was working in the school system um, mm. with doing like for kids with um, d- um, behavioral concerns and you know more severe situations at school that they weren't able to be in mainstream classes. And so he was mm. really gifted with those children. Struggled with the bureaucracy of school, the school system, and then as a hobby, he had picked up making jewelry. Um, and then went full-time with that about, I think like 12 years ago. And so now he has wow. a thriving business. Yeah. And so that's really cool to see too. Cause a lot of his work, his best work is really channeled, you know, that yeah. whole kind of open up to source oh and his guides and, and it'll come through and both rings that he's made for me have like some of those components and some yeah, very, very um, magical, deep meaning. Yeah. Which is um, really, I, I love, I love watching that process because I'm kind of like, mm. what, what's going to come mm-hmm. through? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So, oh, it's so, yeah. it's so cool. Cause like we think about, I don't know, in different mystical movies, like someone makes something appear in their hands out of nothing. And right. you're like, wow, magic. But then it's the same thing. Like he's yeah. doing the same right. thing. That's yes, so exactly. Cool. And it's like, you made that. Yeah. Like, that's something that is, it kind of blows my mind. Yeah. He's very gifted and he's very, um, psychically open to and connected, you know, and that's a huge foundation in our relationship, which is, um, w- yeah, which is, I think probably the, the, the cornerstones of our relationship is that like, you know, the deep spiritual connection that we share. So mm, that's so beautiful. I can't wait to meet yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Um, yeah, you will, you'll enjoy him. Yeah. Can't wait. Oh my gosh. We've already been talking for an hour. I know. Wow. Flies. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to, there's, I mean, infinite questions, but I feel like it's just super fun to chat and just Mm -hmm. it like, (laughs) there are so many things that are possible career wise and it doesn't, I feel like career isn't even the right word. Like it's, it's your passion. It's your calling. It's, it's everything. And like, just hopefully let the listeners like hearing you and knowing that this is a possibility, like it can be a blend of all the things that make you, you and like excite you. And absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that, you know, with parting words, I would absolutely echo, you know, for listeners, especially with your age range, you know, what you had said, your demographic is, um, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of, I'm sure they're on that precipice of like, what's next. And, you know, that, um, encouragement to go to explore and to follow intuition and to follow heart and to follow that possibility and mindset of like, why not, why not do those things? Mm -hmm. Because (laughs) so much deconstructing right now that we also, Mm -hmm. we will also be reconstructing. And so we, need that we need the change and there's no reason there's absolutely no reason not to you know so yeah yeah and it's just the constant transformation of it Mm -hmm. there's so much Mm -hmm. unfolding right now (laughs) Mm -hmm. perfectly worded so yeah like anything really anything's possible Mm -hmm. thank you so exciting thank you so much for coming on yes it was such my pleasure my Mm. pleasure I can't wait to see you soon (laughs) Thank you.